comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Mr. Stark. Yeah? Agent Coulson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from the uh, Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement Logistics Division. God, you need a new name for that. Yeah, I hear that a lot. That's being handled. That's what we do. Just call us sheep. Brad, I have two questions for you. Yes, sir. I have two answers. Okay. Uh, number one, what do you think is the percentage? I have no answers. These are hypotheticals. Anyway, what do you think is the percentage of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. viewers that cheered when Sky got shot in the stomach? I'd say it's pretty high, probably. I'm, I'm over 50%, I would imagine. Over 50%? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question number two, what percent of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. viewers do you think got the Deathlock reference? I'd say that's a small percentage. Smaller, let's put it that way. Um, I'm going to go, well, you'd, th- you'd think, well, maybe it's not as small as I think, because I'd say I'd say a good half of the people, that at least half of the people that watch the show are Marvel fans, so um, I'll be safe, and I'll say 50. I'm going to say 75 on the first question, 75% cheered when Sky got shot. You know what? I was kind of one of them. And then uh, I was also one of the 50% that got the Deathlock reference. Yeah, I think it's lower for the Deathlock. I think you're right on for Sky. And I think therein lies possibly the rating problems for this show currently. But go ahead. But uh, let's say welcome to the S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, episode 13, Tracks, and let us welcome back uh, Mr. Ken Morgan. Hello, Ken. Hello, John. I do not think... I'm sorry. I, do. I was just going to say that as a as a fan, not a fan, a fan of late, but as someone who's always been intrigued by why am I so hot by 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 you'd the, have to ask nature and thank your you parents by the by the character like of Sky and her motivation that that I was not in the fifty percent that was cheering. Um, I felt like I was standing right next to Simmons as she cried over <laughs> her grief of her friend's injury and clinging to life. Uh, and, and if anybody did cheer at that, I, I, I all I can say is that is that is that I'm shocked, uh, offended, and hurt by that. Why did we invite Ken again? I don't know. Just so he can do Anchorman references, I guess. Oh, because Ken knows all the facts for when Russell can't make it. Otherwise, it is the most uh, unorganized and ill-prepared episode. Have the three of us ever done a shield? I don't think this particular just, group. Ju- this combination of hosts, I, I don't think so. When it was Brad, when it was you, no, no. The th- I think my first appearance back on, Russ couldn't make it, so I think it was the three of us. Oh, I believe. Okay, never mind. Again, facts that Russell would know. Yes, and I think you made the same comment that then something along the lines: if you can't have Russ, then. Yeah, you're now Ken. Ken's right. Is it wrong that I'm texting while I'm recording a podcast? It's if it is, upon. I don't want to be right. Yes, All right. it's it's not illegal, but it's frowned upon. Okay, well, 
I'm done now. I'm sorry. That was very important. <clears throat> My apologies to you guys and the listeners who probably don't care, but, you know, here we are. I'm glad you're here, Ken, and I'm glad to be back. It's been a while. My stupid uh, work schedule keeps me away from having fun, so Well, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I, I enjoy being here. I, I enjoy listening to this show, but I find myself talking back like I want to be part of the conversation, so I'm, I'm thrilled that you've welcomed me on again. Certainly. Hang on. I'm texting again. All right, you text. Okay, I'm, not, this I'm is, just kidding. We're not editing this show. So I'm just kidding. Just... <laughs> it's part of the fun. It you is. Think Clark Gregg listens to this? Clark Gregg follows our Twitter. Yeah. I wonder if, hey, Clark, if you're listening, how you doing? Let us know if you want to be on the show. That'd be awesome. I and, promise I won't text while you're on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pay attention and be engaged if that happens. <laughs> no, we're here. Let's do this. Very quickly, let's just address, uh, there was some media hoopla over some Clark Gregg comments, which, and basically the real quick gist is he, he basically said, uh, you know, the people that stopped watching S.H.I.E.L.D. are losers, which to me was totally like tongue in cheek, you know, taken out of context. Bingo. Nothing. Yeah. At all, and it was kind of blown up. You know what? I don't even want to say it was blown up. It's not like Entertainment Weekly or anything like you know USA Today didn't pick it up. It was just kind of the geek websites, your your Twitters, your Facebooks, kind of went around, made the rounds, and uh, I didn't I didn't make anything of it. I, I read those, and my first thought, my instinct was to say, "Good for you." He's absolutely right because too many people, not not enough people, gave the show or giving the show a proper chance to let it build and find its burn. Um, they've really done a lot to push the phrase. It's all connected on us over the last several months, but they, it is, if they've had this overarching plan, the episodes from day one, have felt very, uh, uh, contained amongst themselves. But as they're now starting to connect the dots, uh, the show is definitely building steam and I'm seeing more and more positive counts. Like, oh, it's finally getting good. You know, it's people are, it's finding the stride. But there's still the, the the people out there who are like, well, I dropped that on the second episode. Well, good for you for you know that's like you know uh, condemning a movie on a five minute teaser trailer. It's 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 really been coming along. I've been a believer. I've said every time I'm on, I said this. I'm a believer from day one, and everything I said that first episode about letting the show find its stride has had it. So when Clark Craig says much more directly and much more um, a much wider audience, much broader reach, the same thing. It's like. You know, good for you. He's defending his own his show and his work, and I think he has a lot to be proud of here, and a lot to do, and and he's right. Sometimes we we just get frustrated, you know, and depending on your opinion of this, if he shouldn't have said that word, or if he should have, or whatever. But you know, sometimes we say things we mean one thing, but we use a word that isn't exactly accurate um, or representative of what we're actually thinking or feeling. So you know, just <clears throat> I would say it was no big deal what he said i would say if you're offended by it then you probably are a loser who needs to do something else with their life you know what i mean if you're offended by that and you don't get it then find something else to be a fan of or you know go kiss a girl jeez i would love to hear the inflection used when he said it you know was it like ah those guys are losers you know i think it was in the same interview i certainly read it in the same article he said something to uh oh i forget who the creator was or or not to him but you know, directed at this person about, you know, oh, you can make a better S.H.I.E.L.D. show, then go ahead and make it. But the actual quote was more like, you know, I would, you know, welcome him to make his own show. It was a little more polite is what it sounded like, but people made a big deal about how it was like, oh, you don't like it, go go make your own. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say other than the show that we have, I really enjoy. 
And to be fair, again, we've spoken about this a couple times in the past. It's really not struggling. It's just not setting the world on fire. You know, in this age of superhero movies that make a billion dollars worldwide and the Walking Dead television show that has, you know, 15 million viewers or some ridiculous number like that. I mean, it's not doing as well as those, but it's 2.2 rating for this past show is the second highest thing for the night. You know, after NCIS, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is next in the ratings. So it's certainly not failing. I don't remember if we talked about it in the previous show, but I I may have read it around the same controversy that a a producer or somebody from uh, either ABC or Marvel basically said Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be around for a while. Didn't quite commit to say it's renewed or it's definitely coming back, but they said it's going to be around for a while, and and I'm glad to hear that. I've given up on wanting a Marvel show in big, bold, all caps, letters, Marvel, you know, and I'm just enjoying it for what it is. If it, if it ties into Marvel, great. But if it's just about the shadowy figure who runs the shadowy organization and this, this group of super agents who are trying to deal with it and there's a overall, you know, long-term story arc, I can enjoy it for that. And that's what I'm doing. At a shareholders meeting, um, it was confirmed that Captain America 2, the Winter Soldier, will... I don't know if tie-in was the exact words that they used, uh, or if it was lead-in, or exactly how they worded it, but it will have... You know, it will lead into the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in some way. doesn't mean much to me. It probably will be similar to how uh, Thor led into the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe if we're lucky, they mean how... um, You know, Jamie Alexander, who I think I screwed up that segue. I was supposed to say something about... Her being Brad's best friend? Nah, I don't want to let go. Um, yeah. So, you know, maybe we'll get a tertiary character from uh, Captain America 2 on Agents of well, S.H.I.E.L.D., or maybe we'll just get something mentioned. What do you guys think? Well, I don't know if we how if we want to go into the trailer for Captain America's play during the Super Bowl uh, this past weekend, but there's a scene that I kind of wish wasn't in the trailer that... They can't not refer to the fallout of that movie into in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And considering the movie comes out in April, there's another, you know, six weeks or however many episodes, depending on how they time it, worth of S.H.I.E.L.D. to, to, to go with us. So I think I made a comment offline to, to you guys that uh, I'm looking forward to see how uh, MAOS, how Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. responds or, 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 or handles this. Uh, but it's going to have we... fallout. Ken, why don't we uh, specifically get into that in our little spoiler section at the end after we talk about the episode and stuff like that? Uh, Brad, do you have a comment about uh, the lovely Lady Sif? Yeah, um, you guys apparently referred to it in passing on a show recently that I wasn't on. You mentioned the show, the Half Hour Wasted episode, where I told the story. I just figured I'd tell the story uh, because it's awesome and I like talking about it. And to save people time from going to listen to my other show. Um, I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area in a tiny, sweet, uh, little, not sweet. I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area in a sleepy little suburb of it. A hamlet? I'm sorry? A a, a hamlet? A little, never mind. I didn't know Shakespeare was going to be involved in this. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying, but is that something I don't, is that a, like a thing that's not it's, like it's just It's just a, a fancy way of saying a little town or a little... It's we're spending way too much time on it. Kind of like the word suburb. Yeah. Okay, so suburb wasn't enough for you. It's trying to be as guardian or something. Please. Okay. Way too I'm much really... time on this already. Hey, I I get confused <laughs> easily. Shiny lights and things. Anyways, I was at the gym, 
my friend and I, uh, his name is Kevin, we were walking in the gym on the first floor across it towards the uh, locker room, right? And like guys do, Kevin saw a girl, he elbowed me and he pointed at this tall girl and he says, check her out. And I said, yeah, she's cute. I couldn't really see her. She was from the side, you know, she's far away. But, you know, like guys do, they're checking out girls and telling their buddies about them. So, a few minutes later, we're upstairs um, getting some cardio in on the elliptical machines. And this girl walks up the stairs and Kevin sees her and, and he elbows me again. He goes, hey, that's that girl I was pointing at. I was like, oh, yeah, she is. She is cute. She's pretty good looking. And she was wearing like a, 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 a toque, as they say in Canada, sock hat, whatever. And um, I said, she's, she's gorgeous, actually. And. She kind of looks familiar. She looks like somebody. Who is that? Who does she look like? Ah, oh, dude, that looks like Jamie Alexander, Lady Sif from the Thor movies. And he's like, yeah, it really does look like her. I was like, that's crazy. I mean, this is like a dead ringer for Jamie Alexander. And um, she's walking around looking like she's looking for somebody particular. You know, she walks past us. She's looking. She can't find whoever. Across from us on the second floor is a one of those group workout rooms where they sweat to the oldies and, you know, half of the room is mirrored and the other half is uh, a window wall so you can see in and lights can come in and whatnot. So she goes in that room up against the window, the mirror wall, and starts working out by herself, stretching, doing handstands, uh, all this crazy acrobatic stuff. And I'm thinking to Kevin, I'm like, she looked just like that girl. I'm just going to go tell her. I mean, it's uncanny how much she looks like Jamie Alexander. And he goes, what if it's her? And I was like, dude, it's not her. Why would she be here in our little town? Uh, you know, it's why? That's just dumb. So I don't think I said dumb, but I'm thinking that's, you know, that wouldn't happen. So I thought, okay, here's a chance to go, you know, talk to a pretty girl. And I also do like, you know, telling people, hey, you look like this person because people tell me I look like somebody sometimes and it always leads to a nice conversation. But anyways, it was probably more about wanting to go talk to a pretty girl than, than that. But there you go. That's honesty. So I go in there. The lights are off, but she can see because the, you know, half of the room is windows and she's up against the mirror. She sees me coming and I'm walking tentatively, kind of slow. And I give a little wave in the mirror like, hello, hi. And she sees me. She says, yes. And I said, you know who you look like, right? And she turns around and smiles and she says, who do I look like? And I said, you look exactly like Jamie Alexander. She says, well, that's because I am Jamie Alexander. She's got this big smile on her face, and I was like, what? I th you know how, like, when uh, you see the old film of the, the girls uh, girls watching the Beatles, and they put their hands up to their face, and they're, they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I probably made that face. Um, but she was very kind. And I said, what are you doing here in my little town? She says, I actually am visiting my mother who lives here. Um, long story short, as far as that goes, she actually grew up uh, in this area, went to a local high school. Um, but anyway, so her parents, her mom still lives here. She was in town visiting. Oh, this was the day after New Year's, by the way. So she was in town for that. And I said, this is crazy. I said, you know, I've been here my whole life. You know, that's crazy. And so I'm thinking the whole time I'm thinking I should really tell my friend, Kevin, who's watching us through the window right now, <laughs> I should, you should come in here. But I thought, no, I don't want to be that person that, that says, Hey, can I bring my friend, you know, and you know, being in video production for as long as I have. I've met a handful of celebrities. I'm not bragging. It's just the the facts. So I know when it's appropriate to say hi to a celebrity and when it's not. And I thought, okay, this is not the time. We don't want to um, cause a, an issue. So anyway, I said, can I have take a picture with you real quick? And so we took one picture where we're smiling. 
and it was nice. And then she goes, now let's take another one and we're, we're, we're flexing like we're working out. So we took another one and that was, that was fun. But she was very kind, very sweet, very nice. I thanked her. And then I left and I went back outside. And, uh, as I'm walking out, Kevin's got this question mark on his face and he's doing his hand thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs up, thumbs down. Like, is that her? Is it not her? And I give him a thumbs up and I walk up on the back up on the machine next to him. And he goes, are you telling me that was Jamie Alexander? I said, yeah. He goes, I'm about to push you right off of that machine. So anyway, it was crazy. She just, you know, it's one of those things you never know where somebody's going to show up and you never know where somebody's from. I had no idea Jamie Alexander was from the town 20 minutes away from me, but, um, she was very kind and she was beautiful. I don't think she had a stitch of makeup on. Uh, can you have a stitch of makeup or is that clothing? I, I think that's a, um, a saying that, that applies to makeup also. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to have to research that. Okay. Okay. She didn't have a, a dab, a bit, any, drop. She, a drop. She didn't have any makeup on, I don't think, but she still looked, you know, incredible. But anyway, that's my little brush with uh, an Asgardian warrior. That's awesome, and we should be seeing her, uh, we think, after this next break. Which... Why we got to wait another month? Is it because of the Olympics? Yes, the Olympics. That might not even happen because Russia is not ready. I but heard that's... some stories about that. Yeah. yeah, that's for another podcast. Hmm. Anyway. Awesome. Thanks for letting me tell that story. And now all you other people don't have to go listen to it again. Perfect. So, Tracks is the name of our episode. Um, it took it, place, most of it took place on a train. It did take place on a train. Now, before we go further, tracks, it's spelled out as an acronym. Did, did, if not in the episode, anywhere else, did we find out what that may mean? No, and I've seen it spelled both ways. So I thought people were trying to be clever because shield is spelled out as an acronym. Um, so I wasn't sure. I do yeah. not know what it's. I'm on for. the Marvel wiki and it's spelled with the periods. And I think, uh, when I watched it on, uh, Hulu early, earlier today, I think I noticed it was spelled the same way. I'm looking at IMDB to see if I can find <clears throat> the, uh, the spelling of that also. Let's see. Yeah. It's, it's got, it's an acronym for something. Interesting. Or maybe they're just being clever because maybe. ages. If show. anybody knows, send us an email and let us know. Or uh, if you want, uh, if you want to just be funny, make up your own acronym. What that means. I tell you what, the person who sends the sends in the funniest meaning of what that acronym is, I'll give them a digital code for a, a movie that I recently acquired. Nice. I yeah, I won't tell you what it is, but you send in one that that uh, makes me laugh the most. By the airing of the next episode, so you got a whole month, um, and I will. Announce the winner on our next episode. So you, get, you get your own digital copy of Billy Madison. <laughs> ah, yeah, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but if you want a free movie, let me know with the email. Okay. I would say best episode in the last couple of weeks, huh? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed a few things about it, and I won't skip uh, to the end or anything like that, but I really like the nonlinear style. I like the time I, I did jumping. I too, man. And, yeah. Yeah, somebody, yeah, I agree. I heard, I heard some complaints about that, and I loved it. I mean... I thought it was wonderful. I, I really liked the way it backtracked to explain some things that were left unexplained the first, the second, the third time through. Um, you know, even them just jumping from the train, I guess I mean Ward and, and Coulson. You know, the first couple of times the train seems like it did just disappear. And then I guess when we get to May's side of the story, we see that they are actually... Uh, frozen, if you will. Right. It threw me off at first when we saw that first scene with Coulson from his point of view. 
because I had previously watched the uh, the sneak peek that they've been doing, and the sneak peek was uh, basically war sequence. So I'm like, wait a minute, we skipped a part. We skipped what happened. So it kind of threw me off. But I really enjoyed being able to see everybody's individual point of view and the way they staged it, revealing more and more of the story. Uh, it, it worked out well. So I don't know how you can complain about that. It was a it was a different way of not that we haven't seen nonlinear storytelling before, but in in this context of this show, it was a it was a interesting way of of, do, of doing this. And I've heard people say before, like with Chuck and some other uh, uh, TV shows of this uh, genre, the train episode always seems to be a good one, and, and this is no exception. And it was very intricate. You know, it wasn't uh, – I'm trying to think of some examples. You know, the little coffee cup that they kept passing, you know, and, and I think Coulson, like, kept taking a look at the coffee cup or, like, touching it as he walked by. And then three or four times through, then you see – you know, when the uh, when the bad guys are actually sitting having coffee. Yeah, there's a couple of those um, details that you get more and more, but I liked how they used the uh, the, the announcement about, you know, look out your left window, you'll see blah, blah, as a as a, an anchor point. So you kind of knew uh, in terms of that 10-minute that timeline where we were from each person's point of view as it was a common uh, point of reference for that. Right. You know what it reminded me of? Um, I don't know if you both have seen it. Of course, I won't remember the name. Maybe Brad will know it. There's a movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. Source Code. Source Code. Thank you very much. Where there's like a bomb on a train and he keeps reliving the events over and over and over again. Kind of like a really angry Groundhog's Day. Um, It was just... The story isn't similar, but the way it just kept replaying the events on a train reminded me of that quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was similar. I, I liked it. I don't, sometimes, you know, people just got to find something to complain about. I wonder if that's, especially in regards to this show, I wonder if that's part of what's going on here. If people need to complain about S.H.I.E.L.D. and that's what all they have to complain about this episode, then I think they did pretty well. Yeah. I loved, um, I loved how they got broken up into pairs that usually don't work together. You know, like, rather than just having, I don't know, Sky and, uh... Whoever, that doesn't work. Rather, rather than just having Fitzsimmons together and having maybe May and uh, Ward together and, and so forth, they all kind of got paired up differently. Well, it, was, it was May and Ward together. Okay. Uh, I know what you're saying, John, and you're Ward absolutely and Sky, right. You know, right, like you had Fitz and, <laughs> um, and Sky, and you had Simmons and Coulson, so they got to interact a little differently with each other. You're right, it was May and, uh, and Ward. Oh, well. Although and the... I hate- the uh, father-daughter dynamic they tried to pull off and putting it right out there you know you look you're much too young to have a daughter my age uh was fun and the little uh callback to the hub episode and the way she completely totally overacted on her undercover work uh just just made for some light mo- moments there were a couple of considering the way the show ended we needed a little uh comic relief during the episode to kind of lighten the mood especially with the uh getting ahead of ourselves but with the uh the hollow table right um right Point, points for not making what could have been a, a, an easy Stark reference there, like Colson saying something like, this is always so easy for Stark. I was waiting for it, but I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, and they usually do. Huh? They, usually, they usually do take those opportunities to... They uh, do, but they did have, I thought, a good reference to Blonsky. Yeah, which I totally missed. I had to ask today. Really? I, really? You yeah, missed I, that? I, you know what? I was watching it with my 10-year-old daughter who uh, has never watched it. So she had lots of questions, and uh, I may have missed a thing or two. But she enjoyed it, which is the most important thing. Um, I loved Fitz and the uh, American accent 
and uh, wanting a restaurant, you know, a cheap restaurant with big portions. And yeah, I yeah. thought that stuff was all funny. I was, He's, yeah, that was, I was wondering if, if he could do a passable, because the guy's really, um, He's not American, right? No. Yeah, his it it's to me it's funny how people with I'll say it this way, non-Americans can do a better American accent than most Americans do a good non-American accent. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would imagine I, I don't just a, a guess. I guess a lot of actors want to do films in America and it probably doesn't go the other way as often. Right. Does that make any sense? I don't sure. know. Sure. No, it does. It absolutely does. I but everybody would love to be able to, of... to sound like a Scottish guy or or a you know a Russian just to just to be fun. I wonder if they like in England if they think oh let's talk like Americans oh this is funny we are talking like Americans you know. <laughs> I like how Sky her little fake Scottish accent is like how that wasn't going to work. But I found it interesting because I was just reading something about her. Um, she is um, I think half uh, Chinese on her. Uh, I don't remember his mother or father's side, but she does speak Mandarin. And I was kind of wondering if they can eventually work that into the show in some way. That would be interesting to, to see. Chloe Bennett that. speaks yeah. Mandarin? Yes. So, oh, wow. so I read. Cool. I like the bit with uh, Ward in Fitzsimmons' office trying to figure out how to work the hollow table or whatever. Yes. That was priceless. And then what's-his-name comes in, Clark Gregg comes in, and he's no help either. Yeah, they're like, ah, why don't we just email it to yeah. uh, a couple ops guys <laughs> trying to figure it out. That was that was pretty awesome. That was a lot of fun. Uh, are you, are we talking about Deathlock yet, or are we saving that for the end? Might as well. We we, we skip around on this show. Before you jump in there, real quick, I want to like since we're talking about the team, uh, again, like the last couple episodes, the, this team has fully formed, and and they're they they not only have each other's back, but they're also almost predicting what the others can do and able to function as a common unit. It's good to see that, and I'm glad they they kind of went through all that whole process fairly quickly. Uh, that just helps the show get get a, to help it build its stride by, by getting this team working together, not only functioning together, but caring about each other and, and, and past whatever their little um, individual agendas or opinions on each other might be. It's, it's, it was good to see it again, and they really are a high, high-functioning team. I, I really enjoyed that dynamic with them. Yeah, I agree. I enjoy this much more than everybody hates Sky and she's not a real agent and, you know, separating like the geeks from the ops people. And, and I definitely like this better. I just still wonder where they're going with the possible love triangle things that are going on. Um, they're definitely sticking with May and Ward now. Like this is going to be an issue that's reoccurring. Um, that doesn't bother me so much. There's but a couple re- references to like if this is more than just casual yeah. thing, but I think I think there's we're starting to see signs that it is more than just that. There's some actual compassion feelings on both sides of them. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Now I have to add two things, and one of them I think is legitimate, and the other one might be a reach. But there was definitely like a a um jealousy thing with Ward when Coulson was patching up May. Especially considering he offered to stitch her up and she pushed him aside. That was definitely right. there, yeah. So there's definitely something there. And the other one is, did you catch Sky maybe looking at Fitz a little differently when Fitz was saying he was going to do something? Like when he insisted about going in because he's a real agent too. Like he went on kind of this bravado, like don't count me as just the geek or whatever. And then she kind of like stared him down for a second. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Again, I'm just saying, like, hopefully it's a reach, because I don't want that stuff to start popping up at all, but I, I kind of wonder if it is. 
you know, back to the Colson May uh, Ward thing. When you look back at the uh, uh, last episode, when May told Colson, he was like, you know, you know what you're doing. If it's a problem, you'll end it or whatever. Very cool. Let it go. But with with Ward, is there something going on personally? You think as part of that triangle you're referring to, or was it just you know he's the CEO, this is a subordinate, I gotta make sure he's straight. He was definitely harder on Ward about the situation than he was with May. Yeah, I mean, I think May and Coulson just have a longer history that we haven't right been that's, privy to. Yet. I, that's where I put it. I put it with you know their Ward or excuse me, May and Coulson are peers. I mean, Coulson's in command, but if if there's a confidant, it's, it's May. Whereas with Ward, he's definitely Ward's definitely subordinate, and that's that's kind of where I put it. I didn't try. To, I didn't put it into a, a triangle, at least not on Coulson's part. On Ward, yeah, there's definitely some jealousy. Something happened there, but that's that's immaturity as much as anything else. Yeah, I don't see I don't see Coulson. Uh, I, I don't get the feeling or any vibes that Coulson's part of a triangle of any kind. Right. Do you guys have? Um... A hard time warming up to Ward. He's probably the last of the characters for me to come around. I you used know, to, but not so much anymore. I kind of like him now. They did that little thing with his brother. Remember they were talking about his brother early on and how his brother died, and they did a little flashback. It's and then the they well kind of dropped something. it. Yeah, they kind of dropped it completely, and we haven't really gotten anything on his character since then. You know, I don't know. Maybe they just dropped something that they're going in a different direction now, or or who knows. But I'm having trouble warming up to him as compared to everybody else. I, I, I did see... first. Go ahead, Go ahead Ken. No, I was just gonna say I see him as part of the uh, uh, the bigger team. Uh, he has taken his responsibilities as Sky's SO very seriously. You saw that um, whenever she's in the field. But he, from date from the very first episode when he he was. A solo operative didn't work part of a team. We saw him work through those struggles, but uh, again, the whole team has come together, Ward included. So, no, I don't have any problems uh, warming up to him. Uh, I think I think that that this team needs to be tested again. I think we need to do something, but uh, to get them, not to shake them up, but just to, to get them. The, the outside's been that... coming in for a long time. I made this reference last time that like they'll they'll fight amongst each other, but when the when the, everything's coming at them, they'll go back to back and defend each other. They've had a lot of that these last several episodes. It's time for an internal struggle to to test this this team again, and and then they'll come out stronger again. I'm sure. But, but you don't we think need... that happened this episode with Sky getting shot? Uh, no, because this is more an external force, and they're all going to come together to, to to get Sky the help she needs. We need more of a. If not the love string of something else to not divide the team, but to like I said, oh, I see. Them. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Maybe a, a, a another secret or a, be, a betrayal type thing. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I got you. Yeah, we we have we have um, Ward's or no Colson's former as no Ward's Ward's SO Garrett, the Garrett character that uh, Bill Paxton's playing coming in. That could be a source of something. Get him uh, Ward doing something, or we'll see where that episode goes. We'll talk about that later with the spoilers. But something, yeah, you sounds like you got where I was going. Before, uh, Brad, I promise we'll do Deathlock next. We can uh, save it for the end, or you know, because there's other stuff to talk about. I just wanted to mention that before we left the train completely, the uh, Stan Lee cameo. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I think he said. I think um, he said more in this episode than he has in all of the movies collectively. <laughs> you may be right about that. Not my favorite Stan Lee cameo ever. Uh, it just seemed. It just seemed a little forced to me. Yeah, it did seem like. You know, like Ken is saying, uh, he didn't even have to continue. You know, like it could have ended with the first line and then they just kind of went at it for a little bit. And, you know, he's not an actor. 
So <laughs> it just kind of makes it stick out like a sore thumb, I guess. I felt like he should have thrown an Excelsior in there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, th- I mean I I agree. It's not my favorite, but I think it was fun. All all of them have been either seriously a sentence, one line, barely anything at all. Uh, I think in it, it, you're right. It's not an actor, but come on, it's Stanley's on Agents of Shield. I'll take it. A couple of the supporting actors in this episode uh, were in the TV show Twenty Four. Um, which is coming back. I'm excited about that. But uh, I like the um, Italian police guy. There's there's another example of an American. I think this guy's an American because his Italian accent was pretty bad. Do you guys like Quinn? I kind of like Quinn as a slimy, reoccurring villain. I think I liked him more once, because he seemed kind of generic or whatever, but once he made reference to the clairvoyant, like we got got kind of the idea that he's working for the clairvoyant, he makes him... He makes him less uh, generic and run-of-the-mill uh, for me personally, just knowing that he's not, like he's talking to somebody else, like he's reporting to somebody else or whatever. That kind of, to me, that makes him a little more interesting. Yeah, I don't have a strong opinion of him yet. I uh, This is, what, the third time we've seen him? We'll see more of him, I think, the next episode as well. I, I, yeah, he's he's the money. For, the, for whoever the bad guys are, he's the money, it seems. Okay. All right, let's talk about Deathlock. Okay. Who of the two of you, because it's certainly not me, who knows a lot about Not me. Deathlock Russ, Russ called this on a couple episodes ago uh, that he thought he was heading towards being Deathlock, and I think... Uh, uh, is Deathlock a villain or an anti-hero? He, he's, Deathlock is both. Um, Deathlock has... Like, he's a character that originated in the 70s, but then disappeared for a long time. And recently, Jason Aaron brought him back for a Wolverine series, and he was a completely, he served a completely different purpose than originally. Originally, I mean, he's basically a a Terminator, you know, I don't want to say a super soldier because that means different things in the Marvel Universe, but, um, you know, a, a cyborg that you can program, you know, exactly as it is right now on the show. Like Robocop? Kind of, sure. But Robocop, of course, would be awesomely good. And Deathlock is uh, a villain, usually. Now, recently, you know, in Marvel, they've reprogrammed one, and he is a uh, he's a good guy now. Because if you can reprogram him, he'll do whatever. Is there more you than know. one Deathlock? Yeah. Really? Yeah. There's there orig- again originally he was a character, I believe, but in the new incarnation, within the last five years, um, there's there are Deathlocks now. Okay, so and there's an interesting. I'll I'll save it for the spoiler, just in case we're right, because we've been right a few times with this show. Um, I'll talk a little bit about what the new Deathlock is, and if that is a possibility for our show. In the Marvel universe, are the Deathlocks controlled by one organization or one person? I guess they would be. Um, I I mean, I guess they're controlled by an organization. It's not. It's not so specific no i mean i guess they do get commands much like michael and uh who was the agent in the earlier episode that had the eyeball that was making her do stuff yeah blanking i know i don't remember her name but i do know who you're talking about yeah i mean it's similar to that i mean they get commands and they they they're you know they're not going to stop until they follow through you know much like a terminator again or robocop has objectives you know okay so in this in the marvel uh tv show what did, what did, what did we in the cinematic universe yeah. is that what we had started calling it um the deathlock project 
because that when we zoom when they zoomed in on Michael's leg, we saw at the very end we saw the little tag that said Deathlock. I think it said Project um, Cybertech. What's the name of the cyber? What is it? Cybertech. Um. So this is a project that Cybertech is working on apparently. So this is probably the first appearance of the Deathlock project. Yes. Uh, in this universe, it's uh. You know, like we've said before, John, I mean, anything that ties this into the Marvel Universe is is neat. Um, let's just hope it makes sense. Let's just hope it's not forced. Um, it, it, it seems to be pretty organic so far. Like, it's just kind of evolving that way, you know? It, it's working. Yeah, I'm much more interested in uh, tying into... Not even tying into, just like you just said, having little... Easter eggs to the Marvel universe in general, rather than like forcing movie tie-ins and stuff like that. You know, I'm happy to get a comic book character from the yeah, 70s to, thrown not in. Not to beat up, uh, you know, that's fine. The dead horse of letting the show grow, but uh, the, this is what I've read from production notes and producer interviews from the beginning was, you know, build a team, get to know them, let them grow, and now we're starting to get, as you've always said, John, the Marvel into your Marvel's Agent of Shield, and this is now at least two, if not three weeks in a row with another one coming up where we're getting that those Marvel references beyond just referring to the movies. Exactly what you're saying. Get 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 more heroes, villains, or other true Marvel references into this bigger world, bigger universe. Yeah. I'm looking at the Marvel.wikia.com entry on Deathlock. Right. And there have been several people in the persona of Deathlock. So it isn't just one guy and it is apparently something that can be applied to anybody that they need, you know, at that yeah. moment. Yeah, I, I don't think there's ever been more than one at one time, but it's right. definitely been different people. You know, Steve Rogers is Captain America. Tony Stark is Iron Man. There isn't an easy way to say that about Deathlock, apparently. No. Okay. So it's more of a, it's more of a, like like you were saying, it's different. It's more of a super soldier type of concept or thing applied to people, but it's its own thing. Right. Universal Soldier, if anybody's into B-movies with Jean-Claude yeah. Van Damme. Okay. And of course, if you can create one Deathlock that's successful, you know this mysterious organization is going to try to create several. Yeah, I think... I don't. I guess I don't know where it's headed, but I, I could see... You know, I guess we don't know where it's headed because they've kind of jumped around a little bit on us. Like, now they're into Deathlock. You know, what happened to Centipede? So well, they, I'm not sure exactly where well, they they're have, going. They have I a guess couple, they're just super everything's evil. Been in stages. They had the eye thing in one person. They had the centipede in another person test subjects. Here in one person, they have the sum of everything they've done so far. They've got the eye. They got the centipede. Now they got the the cybernetics. I mean, oh, that's true. I didn't think of that. Michael yeah, does not only have the centipede. centipede on, he has a stabilized centipede that Shield assisted with because they they he commented when they brought him back in that the the night night gun. Because they shot him right when he was about to combust, stabilized him, and allows his body to metabolize. So he's he doesn't even need continuous injections anymore. It's completely part of his uh, physiology now. Now, did you guys get the... See, I was looking at what they've done, and they put the leg on him, which was really cool. I, I thought the CG work and stuff was uh, was very good when they, when they built, you know, when the leg sort of built itself. Um, now, Deathlock has much more in the uh, area of, like, cybernetics. Um, and like half of Michael's face is blown up, so I'm assuming they're gonna go with the half robot face that they have 
You know, I, I think any yeah. picture that you look at of Deathlock is sort of like half a head. Uh, did you guys get the feeling like they were getting the delivery of the leg and it was just like one piece of the puzzle? No. Like, do you think Michael's more, finished or do you think there's sure still... That. Okay. For, for the reasons you said, we know okay. there's more that's, that's what cybernetics I was, that's what I was in him. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure there's, there's more to come. I was uh, ashamed of myself for not guessing what what was in the the box because when they opened it and pulled that You're out right. I was like, but I, that's I what it is did not think it either but only because i was surprised that we got back to him and got to this point with him so quickly i mean i know we only have about less than 10 episodes left but i thought it was going to be a little while before we saw mike peterson again yeah i mean the problem unfortunately is the schedule you know, I don't know. I'm sure it's partly strategy and partly out of their hands with the Olympics and everything. But it's like every show is a premiere or a finale. You know, it's like they have to leave you with something big because they're going on another break. Is it that it's big, or does it just feel big because we know it's gone for another month? I think it's. I think it was. I think bringing Mike back and doing the Deathlock thing was big, but I think it's big for some people. You know, just just like when we talk about what did we talk about on The Walking Dead, Brad? Like, was was showing the prison at the end of season two was that as big a deal to the general TV viewing audience as it was for the comic book geeks? You're right. Yeah, I think that Deathlock thing is isn't the thing to hold on to. It's really um, it's the nice thing though to to get us interested at the end. But really, it's the uh, it, it's Sky and and her fate. Okay, let's talk about her. We know we know she's not going to die. Well, I don't know. It is Joss Whedon, so yeah, that's I know, the one but, thing that keeps me hoping. <laughs> um, but she's got what superpowers, right? She's got something we don't know, we don't but know she's an always four. Yeah, but she's an Asgardian. I, I admit that when it happened, you want to talk about when it happened? Sure. Yeah. Um, basically, when it happened, Mike Peterson refused to kill her, or actually, you know, said it wasn't my mission. Quinn decided to shoot her anyway in the stomach. I was waiting for something to happen, like something about her 084 ability to kick in. Yeah. And I thought something was really going to happen there. I figured she was going to be a quick healer or yep, something. Yep. I, I thought something when her stomach would start glowing, something was going to happen, a healing factor. And then I'm like, whoa, she she's really hurt. She Is she going to die? Uh, so I was shocked. And they definitely went out of their way to bring up the 084 stuff again. When she was talking to Fitz, I guess. Right, she said. Just to remind you that she is one and we don't know, you know. Well, the other thing I noticed is, don't forget that uh, Sky's the only one who saw Mike Peterson. The the other one, no one else knows that he's alive, that he's deathlocked, that whatever. They don't know what the package is. It's just Sky right now. Because the last time they saw him, he walked into an explosion. Right. Or he was there and then all of a sudden everything around him exploded and so they assume he's gone. He's gone, right. So when Sky comes to, yeah, they'll find out about that. They'll, they'll get the intel. But until the meantime, he's off to doing whatever he needs to do. That's why the clairvoyant or whoever uh, told him not to engage S.H.I.E.L.D. so he can be he's, – he's off the grid right now, and they have no idea he's out there. Well, I bet, you know, in the next few episodes in which Sky is recovering or whatever, I'm sure her mysterious power will kick in or something. Something will happen. I mean, why bring it up and then not – Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see something about it. I don't want to talk too much about it next episode yet until we get the spoilers. Um, I never saw the preview for uh, the next one, or maybe I did. A, yeah, I think I did because I remembered it saying a month from now. I'm like, what? And I couldn't tell you what happened in the preview. I guess I don't remember that much. 
So yeah, we'll get to that. So now, Skye's, just for now, caught in the same chamber that Mike Peterson was in, dying a slow, cold death. Yeah, that was that was good stuff. I enjoyed uh, that whole scene. Like I said, I thought it was well done with the leg. Um, Mike is like such a tragic character right now. Like, you know, he's not fully Deathlock, so he doesn't get to be like superhero yet. He's just so banged up. The whole thing with his son, right? He tries to visit him at the... Uh, at the school or at the park, I guess. Of course, they're not going to allow that. So what do they have on him, you think, anyway? Because he, he's a good person. He wanted to be part of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I don't think, all things being equal, he would he would just let them kill him rather than, than do anything. I think uh, I think they're uh, threatening his son. Uh, that's the only way they can get him to do what he wants, they want him to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's it right now, the safety, the safety of his son. I mean, like you said, they could definitely, if he tries anything funny, they could just blow him up through his... Uh, through his eye, but like you said, he'd probably, I don't know, maybe he feels like if he did that and they killed him, then who's protecting his son, you know, so. That, that's what exactly I mean. Uh, the other, the mercenaries that, that took Coulson, uh, they were in it to save themselves. Um, the other episode we saw the uh, IPs, uh, Kayla Amador, again, she's being threatened, they're going to they're gonna kill her, so she's doing what she was told to do. Uh, but Peterson, he, I really think he'd die first. So the only thing they can have on him is is harming his son. That's all I can think of. You know, do what you're do what right. you're told, or your or your son dies. That's the only thing that they can do. They can the only thing they can have on him. Did we miss anything? Let's see. I don't think so. We got Stanley. We got Blonsky. All right. I guess we'll uh, I'll start up a little rating section, and uh, then we can do spoilers. All right, so what do we think for uh, for ratings? How about you, Ken? You want to start it up? What did you think of this one? I, I I thought it was a very good episode. I thought the team was highly functioning. Everything was, was firing on all cylinders. I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it a I'm gonna 4.27. Nice. Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm right in the ball in the ballpark definitely. Uh I'll give it a 4. I mean I, I think it's I think it's strong. Um I love the Deathlock angle. I'm hoping that we slowly, you know, maybe every couple of episodes uh another piece of Deathlock is added um until we get like a full-blown terminator basically on the show. I think that would be a good you know, a uh, big bad for maybe next season or for, you know, the end of this season, that would be cool. So I'm going with a four. I'll give it a four also, solid four. I like um, I like it when May, you know, kicks ass, but then she's you can see that soft side of her also. I, I don't like her so much as just a robot who always is beating people up. I like to see the, the compassion and the, that I know is there underneath. I like to see that sneak out. I also like it when Coulson puts on his... his uh, boss hat you know he lays down the law um he sends shivers up my spine kind of like my dad did when i was a kid you know my dad was scolding me or or telling me to do something and being serious about it he would always send that shiver up my spine every once in a while colson will do that uh because you can tell he's had enough of the crap it's time to get down to business and um i got some of that in this episode and um I'll be honest with you. I kind of like Sky getting shot, not because I don't like the character, but because <laughs> not because I don't like her, but but just because I think it'll you know start a new, an interesting story, and maybe it'll finally bring out the 084 thing that they've been hitting out so long, and maybe we can finally get over the big mystery of Sky to where she can just kind of be an equal now and be part of the team, and then we just move on from there. So I'm I'm happy so far. Yeah, they're sort of spinning a few plates right now. I wonder. Uh... 
how much gets wrapped up for the end of this season. You know, I, I think my assumption early on was that Coulson was going to be the big mystery for this season. Um, and not that it's over and done with, but we kind of got our answer in the middle of the season. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it will continue that storyline just for how he deals with it. But uh, it's certainly not a mystery anymore. Well, you know, there's there's plenty we don't know right now, but um, there's more to come. Right. We know he's not an LMD. We know that they... We know it's him. Right. It's him, which I guess was the big question coming in. So the show is gone for about another month again. Uh, do we know the title for episode 14? Tahiti. Interesting. So right back to the Coulson mystery then. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I was going to save it for the uh, spoilers before we got too far into it. Right. And Brad, I think we have one email that we want to get to before we sort of wrap things up. Yeah, this is from Thomas Blake. He says, hey, S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, here's my positives on tracks. Fitz's improved characterization, J. August Richards' appearance as Deathlock, the way Mays escaped from her captors and her killing of the of the Italian agent went down. And yeah, I loved that whole bit. She's awesome. Coulson's laying down the law with Ward. Sky getting shot twice. <laughs> Those are all his positives. His negatives. They need to retire the night-night gun. First, the name is stupid. I disagree. I love the name. I think it's beautiful. Second, it looks bad when the villains are using lethal guns and our heroes are using a laser gun that merely stuns them. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, um, I guess it makes sense when I hear somebody say it, but it hasn't bothered me while watching the show. Yeah, and I think that's probably the main thing that matters. You right. Know, if it bothers you watching it, I, I also disagree with him on that, but that's fine. I've sort of <clears throat> come to terms with... You know, this is Disney. Uh, this is going to be more family-oriented. Uh, you know, we've talked about Arrow quite a bit when comparing it. You know, this is not going to be Arrow. It's not a CW kind of edgy. Here's a little, you know, a little sex, a little gun violence. It's just not, it's never going to be that. I mean, they've probably done more with mentioning, you know, May and uh, Ward's relationship than I would even thought that they would even go there. So, Continuing on with his negatives. Uh, another episode ending with the focus being on Sky. Can the writers just admit Chloe Bennett is the de facto star of the show and be done with it? After Coulson, Sky gets most of the attention from the writers. The consistent praising her origin story, the mystery of her parents, and the repeated dramatic moments Sky gets. It's all too much for me. Is it Chloe Bennett or the Sky character the writers are drawn to? The writers see something I don't. Looking at the previews, it seems episode, four, episode 14 will be focused on sky again oh joy can't wait to hear your thoughts thank you thomas anybody else that would like to uh, send us an email please do so at shield podcast at hhwlod.com yeah you know i think they have a major plan for sky obviously and i think it's just they've missed the mark so far i mean not enough people love slash care about the character, I think, right now. I think it's turned out to be, you know, not what most fans expected, and Sky is an easy thing to complain about or to pick on or to blame. You know what I mean? So uh, let's just all relax and enjoy it for what it is. Right. I just think it's as simple as that. I can go with that. So... I think we've covered all of our bases for uh, the tracks episode. 
we're going to head on over to our little spoiler section now. Uh, anybody who doesn't want to hear possible, we don't get crazy with spoilers, but we take guesses, and sometimes they're educated guesses. Sometimes they might be from news bits that you know could could be true. So uh, if you don't want to hear anything like that, we'll see you in about a month. Uh, enjoy the Olympics. And check all of our shows out at hhwlod.com. So Ken got bounced uh, from Skype here for a minute, but uh, as we wait for him to try to get back on, the one possible spoiler, um, Deathlock is a time cop in, in certain iterations. I don't think in every version of Deathlock, but in many versions of Deathlock, he is a time stream corrector. Um, in the wonderful world of comic books, there is often time travel and uh, the screwing up of timelines and the changing of events and things like that. And Deathlock is a time cop. If you're a if you're an anomaly, if you don't belong in a certain time, you know, if you shouldn't be in a certain time because you could back to the future it and possibly run into your mother before she gives birth to you uh, or something like that, Deathlock will be sent to kill you. Uh why I think that's interesting is, did you catch the little bit about how their grenades were using the same tech as the Night-Night gun? Yeah. But it was mentioned that they were, like, way ahead of S.H.I.E.L.D. I just wonder if they're doing any time travel. Like, if time travel's going to be brought into this. Like, how does the clairvoyant know all these things? Maybe exactly, he's from yeah. the future. So I think the inclusion of Deathlock and the little hint last night made me, you know, with the technology, and then it, like, clicked in my head that, oh, that's how the clairvoyant knows things because he's from the future or he's doing time, you know, travel stuff. Um, I think that could be where it's going, which I love. Bring in time travel and universe hopping, and I'm like, uh, you know, uh, alternate universes and stuff like Fringe did. I'm on board for that. Yeah, totally. I'm. I'm all over the uh, time travel stuff. I'd love it. Did you catch the name of, uh, of the person? Um, th they said that, hey, it looks like the gun that so-and-so took. Because they never showed a gun missing. never showed a gun was taken. Um, but I'm wondering if that's what happened. It was taken in the future. It hasn't happened yet. But I missed the name of... Who said um, Who said what you were talking about? Um, it was um, the, the guy who was with Quinn. Um, he took the gun from, uh, from Sky and uh, pointed on her and said this was a gun that that gun and i can't remember who it was oh yeah that i'm trying to remember what that was we didn't see uh never happened on screen we never saw a gun missing if it already happened they usually make a point of of showing giving some kind of clue like that that a gun was there and then it was gone uh, none of that ever happens right so that that all just points to support what you're saying is something happened in the future you know, it hasn't happened yet huh. they they said the toxin was based off of uh right yeah, it's interesting. I, I just, you know, again, I, I've read some of the recent Deathlock stuff, and knowing those storylines, you know, I think we could be headed for a little time travel. I had some trouble on my end. Did you guys talk about the uh, next episode? No, we were saving that for you. All right, good, good. So go ahead. <laughs> no, uh, <clears throat> yeah, like I said, the episode title is uh, Tahiti. So in the preview, we saw Coulson going through some files, most likely his files from his case, saying, find it, find something in here. So I think he's going to explore. We're going to find just how far he's going to go. Is he going to pull a fury? Is he going to, you know, going to try to save Sky's life in any way he can, including what they may have done to him? So 
So I think we're going to get some answers on um, how how what they did to him. We know what Tahiti meant. We know it was that machine in his brain giving those good memories. But what did they do to save his life? And I, I think we're going to start going down that path. <clears throat> Excuse me to find to find what it is they did. We saw in the in the preview glimpses of the the canister. Like I saw, it could be Super Soldier or Gamma or something that they used. We might find more what that is. We we um, I'm just looking really forward to see to get more answers on on Coulson and and they'll they'll go down that path to try to save Sky. Right. Yeah, I didn't think of that. I, I was at first when you said digging through the files. I was thinking maybe he was pulling out Sky's stuff, like maybe the you know maybe Sky's past would help save her somehow, like what she is, or it it could be that too. Certainly, I didn't think of it from the Coulson angle. Like, yeah, if we can now now what I saw was the uh, I'm on the Marvel Wiki page for that next episode, and there's not too much there, but one of the characters in the list is uh, Lorelai who is as Asgardian, and uh, I previously read that, well, we talked that Sif is going to be in a future episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Lorelai is a character who she's uh, she's pursuing, and that's how she comes comes to Earth. So um, Brad Miles' personal friend, Jamie Alexander, uh, tweeted that he uh, she, she enjoyed being on the set. So this is apparently going to be that episode, which uh, makes sense. I had supposed that she... Uh, I suppose that it would come out around the same time that Thor two comes out on Blu-ray, and and sure enough, uh, it, it's the next week. It comes out the uh, end of February, and here we are, March fourth, and it'll be the the uh, Sif episode, right? If that all plays out the way, it looks like it will. And Ken, did you want to mention the uh, the trailer for Captain America two? You spotted something that might be of interest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going full spoiler here, so we can go into it. The uh, the trailer for uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Uh, uh, I thought I did a great job of uh, showing who the the Winter Soldier character, but not giving away who it is. Uh, but it's it's there's there's compared to the previous show we saw, we had saw seen helicarriers plural, and we had seen helicarriers uh, plural falling from the sky, and we also saw a building which we suppose and has since been confirmed that that is in fact the Triskelion. Um, and they have referred to the Triskelion here in uh, on Agents of Shield back on the episode of the Hub. So it's been established that it exists in this world that is here. Uh, it's the headquarters of S.H.I.E.L.D. And now in this trailer, we saw one of those crashing hell carriers crash right into the side of, of the Triskelion. And I almost wish I didn't see that because I really want to be surprised. So there's no way that they can go through the show without showing this. Right. Uh, yeah, without showing this uh, This happening. Even just to say, oh, gosh, look what happened to the Triskelion. Right. It's interesting because they have kept... Coulson's team sort of separate from HQ for obvious reasons. I mean, you couldn't have a show with, you know, we did get a glimpse of the the hub, but uh, yeah, we got that. We got, they even went out of their way to say the Avengers uh, don't know Coulson's alive. They're not level right. seven, but uh, more than that, one of the themes of Captain America is, uh, is um, fighting the system or the system fighting back or uh, like keeping secrets in Captain America. Uh, he wants to do the right thing. And that may mean dis- disobeying orders. And we're already starting to see some of that in Agents of Shield with Coulson. Uh, since he's been back, he's he's used phrases like uh, he used to. He's he's not Mister Trust the System anymore. He's he's now uh, he we want to get rid of the secrets and you know, uh, uncover the secrets. So he he's definitely already going down that path, and that's right in line dovetails with what we're gonna, what we're seeing from Captain America: The Winter Soldier. So it, it may not be a direct tie-in, but certainly can be uh, closer than we had with Thor two. 
Very good. Brad, anything else? No, I just like listening to you guys talk. <laughs> yeah, I, I one of the things I said when I saw the Captain America trailer was what you said, Ken, which is they did a great job, in my opinion, of not spoiling what is arguably the biggest spoiler about Winter Soldier. If you read the comics, you know. But if you're just a, a Captain America fan who's never read the comics, that trailer, in my opinion, did not give away, you know, blatantly the big spoiler. And I appreciated that very much. And and it's a badass trailer. Yeah, it was fan. It's fantastic. It it makes Captain America the first one look like a Disney cartoon. So, Brad, can you before we uh, wrap things up? Oh, once again, thanks, Ken, for joining us. Please uh, come back anytime. Thank you. This is the best weekly podcast because we only do it like once a month, so uh, it works out well for everyone. Um, Brad, can you hit the listeners with the phone number for voicemails and such? Yeah, the voicemail line for the entire podcast network is 972-798-3830. If you want to leave us a message, let us know that it's for the S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, and uh, I will make sure that we get it uh, to those of us doing the show. Um, and let us uh, let us know how you feel about the the uh, the show this year. Let us know how you feel about our show. Um, again, send us an email at shieldpodcast at hhwlod.com if you want that free digital code for a movie uh, that I recently acquired. I won't tell you what it is. And uh, you want that? Send me send us an email at that same address and telling us what. Tracks is an acronym for uh, the one that makes me laugh the most. We'll get the the code. Excellent. Of course, there's the uh, Facebook.com slash Shield TV podcast and at Shield Podcast on Twitter. I think that's enough social media outlets. And Clark and, Gregg, if you're still listening, if you want to be on the show, please don't hesitate to. Yeah, open, open invitation. Open invitation. <laughs> if you would like to come on a uh, amateur podcast that nobody listens to, we <laughs> are the place to be. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I think we have, right, guys. we have like 12 or 13 listeners, right? <laughs> At least. Yeah. At least. All right, guys. Have a good night. Thanks again. Bye, everybody. Good night, and thank you. Thank you.